0: Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. We're continuing our series called Battle Strategies from Heaven winning life's battles battle strategies from heaven winning life's battles I know you guys were blessed last week by brother Cam he did a great job and then midweek minister Kurt and minister Reggie did awesome jobs as well Isaiah chapter 11 Isaiah chapter 11. We know as we talked about last week, this is talking about Jesus. So we'll start with verse 2, talking about the Holy Spirit upon Jesus. Isaiah chapter 11. Verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So this is describing how the Holy Spirit was going to work in the life and the ministry of Jesus. And so when we looked at this verse last week, I want you to key in on the phrase the spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of counsel and might. So say with me, say the spirit of counsel and might. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of counsel and might. This word counsel means plan, advice, and purpose. This word counsel means plan, advice, and purpose. It's the word for counselors and advisors and the advice they would give to kings in times of war and peace. And so we've seen different movies or maybe we have read books where a king is about to make a decision and he calls his counselors in, he calls his advisors in. They would give him advice on how to move forward. Today, we would refer to them as, you know, secretaries in the cabinet of the president of the United States. And so we have this in our mind and the scriptures calls the Holy Spirit, the spirit of counsel, and might using that same word. Another translation calls it a spirit of planning and strength. Another translation is the spirit that gives direct gives direction and builds strength. Another translation is the spirit that provides the ability to execute plans. Another translation is the spirit will help him make wise plans and carry them out. Another translation is the spirit of wise strategy the spirit of mighty power. And so one of the things we've been covering in the written devotional we've been going through over the last couple weeks is how the Holy Spirit is your strategist. You are never meant to go through this life without a strategist. You were never meant to go through this life without a strategist. So your Heavenly Father sent you the best one possible, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of planning, the one who gives you the power to execute the plans. Say, I have a strategist. So let's go a little bit further. Let's go to John chapter 16, verse 13. Uh, We'll look at verse 12. John chapter 16. The Holy Spirit is your strategist. Now, if I'm coming up with a strategy, it's not just for today, right? The strategy, a lot of it deals with when the future. I might need direction for today, but I'll need a strategy for the future. I submit to you that too many of you have limited the Holy Spirit to giving you direction and not a strategy. That you have allowed him to help you with today and not allowed to help you with your future. John 16 verse 12. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth; for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he sh- whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So he'll guide you and then he'll show you things to come. A lot of us have stopped at the guidance for the day. And missed out on the futuristic ministry of the Holy Spirit to show us things to come. If he's here to show us things to come, that's so we can be prepared. So that we can be ready. So things don't catch us off guard. How many things in your life have caught you off guard because you haven't asked the Holy Spirit about your future? Yet we have people in the body of Christ who will turn to terror cards and witches and warlocks to try to read their future and try to follow the signs about their future and open their house up to devils when the Father sends you a strategist to tell you your future. Have we limited the Holy Spirit in our lives to where we just have direction for the day but not a strategy for the future? Go to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. I'll submit this to you. If you don't submit and tap in to the ministry, the futuristic ministry of your strategies, your life will be filled with more pressure, more delays, and more drama. Jesus said in this life we will have pressure, didn't he? He so said we'll have tribulation. We already know there's going to be pressure in this life. But some of us have more pressure because we didn't tap into the futuristic ministry of the Holy Spirit. that he's been warning you, don't do that. Don't go, hey, make this plan for this, make this plan for this. And we didn't take time to prepare for the future. And so when the future arrives, we're caught off guard. Isaiah chapter 40. Your strategist wants to help you prepare the way for your future. Notice what it says here in Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to look at verse 3. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. And every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked place, or the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, when we look at the scripture, when we understand the ancient context, that there are times when kings wanted to travel places, especially in their domain. And so, to make sure the road was smooth for the monarch, a team would go ahead of them announcing the king was on his way, and they would tear down high places so the kings wouldn't have to go up too high. They would lift up the low places so the king wouldn't have to deal with the valley. They'd move out the rocks and the rubble, things that would cause the horse or the cart to stumble so the king could go through on a smooth ride. And who is this verse talking about? John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist, the one who was preparing the way of the Lord. So Isaiah uses this analogy to prophesy about hundreds of years in the future about John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus, saying that John the Baptist will take down the high places, will lift up the low places, will make the crooked places straight, will move things out the way so the Lord can come on the scene. How many of you can see that? But how did John the Baptist do that? Hmm? We don't read anything about John the Baptist having a shovel a bulldozer, how did he prepare the way for Jesus? By speaking spirit-inspired words and doing what the spirit told him to do. He prepared the way for Jesus by speaking spirit-inspired words and doing what the spirit told him to do. So that when Jesus showed up on the scene, there are places in Israel that were ready to receive him because of the ministry of John the Baptist. That Jesus happened to walk by, and people, and he said, Yep, yeah, he's the one, he's the one. And immediately, some people started following him because of the spirit inspired words that came out of the mouth of John the Baptist. How many of you can see that? He began to talk about Jesus before people knew him. He said, here's who he is. I'm not worthy to tie his shoe straight. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. This is what he's going to do. This is what God's going to do in him and through him. So repent now. Get ready. He's on his way. Who told him to say these things? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit inspire words. Lift up the low places. Tear down the high places. Make crooked places straight. And remove rubble out the path so that the path is clear for the future. See, we glorify the struggle too much. What happens if you're struggling because you haven't spoken spirit-inspired words about your future? It's like, God, oh, I'm just struggling to get up this mountain. Well, what if that mountain wasn't supposed to be there in the first place? So, like, oh, this, this path is just crooked. Well, what if you're supposed to make that straight last year? What are you going through today that you had no business going through? What are you dealing with today that you could have handled last year? Through spirit-inspired words. Could it be that you feel overwhelmed because you're dealing with today more things you should deal with? That now it's overwhelmed you and some of these things you should have dealt with a long time ago. Through spirit-inspired words. Words, not your own words that you come up with, not you even just taking a whole bunch of scriptures and just machine gunning them into your future. That's better than nothing, but no. What is the Holy Ghost telling you to say about your future? He said He'll show you things to come, and when He shows you things to come, He'll also give you things to say. Too many of us say things too quickly. Something shows up, so we go back to our go-to. We talked about this in the devotion we talked about two Sundays ago, that, well, whatever, what caused us to have victory the last time? Oh, did I sprinkle oil? Did I plead the blood? Did I pray in the Holy Ghost for 10 minutes? What was my go-to? Let me go to that and see if it works again. That's better than nothing, but you need to check in with your strategist. How should I handle this? Not just for today, but to set me up for the future. Too many times we turn to our go-to instead of to our strategist. And the levels of victory we see are connected to us going to our go-to or to our strategist. And see, the thing is, your go-to is not bad, it's not wrong, it's not sin, it is good, it is anointed. It's the weapon of your warfare. But is that the weapon you're supposed to be using in this battle? We need to turn to our strategist, not our go-to. Say, spirit-inspired words, prepare the way for my future. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Spirit-inspired words, prepare the way for your future. Ephesians chapter 6. One of the things we see here, it's talking about spiritual warfare. It's talking about being strong When We start in verse 10. It talks about our real enemy aren't people, but it's devils, and it gives you the rank and file of the demonic kingdom. And then it talks about the armor of God, the armor that believer is supposed to wear. And when we get to verse 17, knows what it says. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the sword of the spirit, the sword, is to handle Close up enemies, right? Now, yes, I know we've seen cool movies where someone can take a sword and just like chuck it through the room and get someone across the room, and that's all nice and good. But the purpose of the sword is to deal with what's close, what's in proximity, right? But notice what it says next. And praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And so what you see Paul do is go through the armor of the Roman soldier and compare it to different spiritual things we're called to do. The only armor he didn't call by name, but it was still an important piece of the Roman soldier's armor, was the lance or the spear. The lance or the spear that was on the back of the Roman soldier was used to take down enemies that were far away. The lance and the spear wasn't for up close and personal battles. It was to take enemies out from a long distance. What enemies are you fighting up close that you're supposed to handle at a distance? This lance of prayer. Praying always, with all supplication, in the spirit, and watching there into, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. These are lances going out, taking a long distance of the enemy. And for utterance, one of the things about utterance, it's a lance as well. I'm very aware that as I preach and stand in this pulpit and do what the Holy Ghost tells me to do, the words that fly out to the spirit realm strike things down. It affects things in the spirit, things we can't see. Long distance enemies. But taking it back down to individual purposes. What is in front of you that you should have dealt with at a distance? What battle is overwhelming you that you should have taken out by prayer a long time ago? Where have we limited to ourselves for direction for today but not strategy for the future? Go to 1st Corinthians 14. Actually, let's go to 1st Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 verse. Spirit-inspired words prepare the way for your future. Spirit-inspired words prepare the way for your future. Speaking spirit-inspired words over your future is a strategy from heaven. Speaking spirit-inspired words over your future is a strategy from heaven. Think about this. All throughout the Old Testament, we see prophecies about the ministry of Jesus, about the birth of the church, about things that would happen during the church age and things that would happen beyond that, right? What are these prophecies? Spirit-inspired words. You say, well, they prophesied. There were prophets, yeah, but who gave the prophet the power? The spirit. And they spoke things about the future. That made things in the future line up. That when it was time, when the fullness of time had come, it says in Galatians, and Jesus was born, all of a sudden, this ruler decides, you know what? We should take a census and do the taxes. Everybody has to go back to where they're from. Everybody has to be in this place at this time. How did that happen? Over 700 years ago, someone spoke spirit-inspired words that affected policy way beyond their lifetime. Spirit-inspired words. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6, How being we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, Mysteries, divine secret plan and purpose. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would never crucify the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. And there's too many people in the church that get excited about that verse. But that verse isn't exciting. Actually, if you think about it, that's kind of a letdown. Like, man, People don't know. It hasn't entered their heart. They haven't seen. They haven't heard it. All the things God has prepared. Wow, that's kind of a letdown. Well, a lot of us, we get excited and preach and hoop and holler and dance and shout and run five laps. Because eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. has entered the heart of man. That's not the good part. Verse 10 is the good part. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. The things that I hasn't heard, that eye hasn't seen, that ear hasn't heard, that hasn't in the heart of man. These wonderful things that God has prepared for those that love him. The Holy Spirit reveals them to you. And quite often, when he reveals things to you, he will give you things to say. Remember, How the Father created everything. In the beginning, God said, and it was, right? This whole thing was created by words. It's upheld by the word of his power, as in the book of Hebrews. This whole world is run by words. If you don't like what you see in your life, you need to change what you say. Too many times we give credence to others speaking over our life, what the news has to say. Oh, what this witch or warlock had to say. What do you have to say? Have you taken time to speak spirit-inspired words over your life and over your future? Over your children? Over your grandchildren? So that the words you speak outlive you and outrun you. So that When you're gone in heaven and your grandchildren, great-grandchildren are making decisions on earth, they run in to the power of the words you spoke. Speaking spirit-inspired words is a strategy from heaven. It tells us in the Gospels that Jesus was anointed without measure, no limit on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on his life because he spoke the words of the Father. So, if you want to operate in more anointing and more power, you gotta watch this. Too often we're too loose with our words, and sometimes it's because of our culture. I'm an American, I can say what I want, yes, and you can get the results of every other American. Just because you can say it doesn't mean you should say it. Even Proverbs tells a fool who's known by the multitude of his words, and that when you're quiet, people think you're smart. Some of us just need to be silent for a long time. You don't always got to say something. You don't always got to post something, tweet something, upload. No, you don't. You don't. Speaking spirit-inspired words over your future is a strategy from heaven. Notice what it says in verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. So Holy Ghost words, comparing spiritual things, with the spiritual, go to 1 Corinthians 14. Words that the Holy Ghost gives you to speak. Sometimes there are words that are in your natural language, your natural understanding, in English or whatever your normal first language is. But there's also words of the Holy Ghost. Words in other tongues that you're supposed to speak. 1 Corinthians 14. Verse 2 says, for he that speaks an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. How being in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Once again, the word mystery means divine secret, plan, and purpose. But he that prophesies speaks unto men for edification, exhortation, and comfort, to build up, to encourage, and to comfort. He that speaks an unknown tongue builds himself up, but he that prophesies builds up a church. Verse 14, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I'll pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I'll sing with the understanding also. Else, when you shall bless the, with the Spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say as you're a manager giving thanks, seeing he understands not what you're saying? And so Paul goes on and says, You gave thanks well, but the other person isn't edified. But one of the things we see here is that there is a time we should pray in our understanding, in a language that our brain understands. Where there's also times we have to pray in the Holy Ghost. We have to pray in other tongues to pray out those spirit-inspired words. Now, most often, some of us, not all of us, when we pray in the spirit, we are like, well, I just pray for five minutes, I'm done. Well, I'm glad you prayed in the spirit for five minutes. You built yourself up. You may have prayed out a half a mystery or two or something. Could have happened. It's possible. But if you want to deal with your future, you got to take some time. Because let's be honest, let's be honest, no one's going to touch you. There's sometimes when you start out praying in the Spirit, you're distracted by everything. And you think you pray for five hours and it's been two minutes. Like, oh dear God, what's going on here? Like, what? And so when you think about it, you really haven't tapped in, you just started. And there's times when we pray in the Spirit and we're just giving thanks. We're magnifying God. And there's times we haven't prayed long enough to tap into the futuristic ministry of the Holy Ghost. So that means we have to take time to do that. So yes, there are normal things. You can have a prayer list of things you pray about every day. That's not wrong. You should do that. But you should also take time every day to pray concerning your future. And there's days you have more time than you do on other days. And so I know there are certain days, like, well, this is going on at the church, and you know what, I got this extra time, so I'm going to just take an hour every night for these few days and just pray out things concerning the future. So he said, well, how do you do that? I just walked into another room. I said, well, Father, I'm going to yield my time. I'm going to pray out concerning the situation of the church, and I'm just going to let you pray through me. And then I was praying the Holy Ghost for about an hour. Now, one of the things I understand about praying out things, there are certain things like prayer projects, that you're not going to get it done in one day. Or one time of prayer. You're not. It may take weeks. Could take months. Could take years. But you'll know when you've accomplished it because you sense that I got it in the spirit. Like a note of victory. You say, I got it. I, whatever it was I was praying about, I got it. You know, old time Pentecostals use the phrase praying through. And that sometimes people have these issues because nobody prayed them through. It's good to get people born again, but you can't leave them there. Well, we don't just let kids be born on the earth and say, well, I'm so glad you're here. Shake their hands, and send me pictures. Let me know when you graduate. No, there's a lot of things that have to be done, right? Same thing with people who are born again. Somebody's gotta pray them through. Somebody prayed you through. Whether it was a grandma, a great-grandma, or somebody at the church who just loved Jesus and saw you ask the altar call, oh, they need help, Jesus. I'll pray for them every day. It's yielding to the Holy Ghost and taking time every day to get over in the Spirit. And you'll sense when you pray long enough, like, I've crossed over. I'm dealing with something right now. And oftentimes, you may be striking down long-distance enemies and not knowing it. It's not always for you to know but it is for you to yield and obey. Other times, you're making crooked places straight, tearing down high places, and lifting up low places, dealing with things before they arrive. I had this friend who was a coworker who came in the office one day years ago where I was working. And they said, you know, I think I just prayed out the next step of my future. So I just had, it was just a different time of prayer this morning. I spent time praying in the spirit, praying out the next step. A couple of weeks, she was on to something else and living in Hawaii for a few years. I'm like, well, I guess you did pray out your next step. <laughs> Some joy in your life over there. Well, God bless you. But that happened for her because she took that time that morning and prayed it out. This is not the five minutes praying and being done. It's not the God bless me and mine and being done. It's yielding and taking time every day and speaking spirit inspired words and listening as you pray because there are times when you pray out long enough in the spirit you'll hear words english words you're like don't pause Like, well that must mean this stop don't stop trying to get in your head about this stay in the spirit just write it down and keep praying and keep praying and keep praying and keep praying you're setting things up for your future i know pastor michelle has talked about the time she was at raymond she would go to pur and healing school. And she would take time every day and it's go to prayer school and they're praying every day. And someone asked her, said, well, you know, when you preach this revelation, the hits, it just hits in a different way. Where did that come from? And the Holy Ghost told her, it was all those years you spent in prayer school praying it out. You were praying out things you would say in the future. You may not always know why the Holy Spirit leads you to pray, but you need to obey because it sets things up for your future. Too many of us are walking through days we didn't pray through first. Too many of us are walking through days we didn't pray through first. Before you arrive at Monday, you should have already prayed it through on Sunday. Why would you dare go to a place where there's no prayer covers for you? That you haven't yielded and prayed about. Just maybe that's the reason we face so many things we face. Because we didn't handle it before we arrived. A lot of us are believing for a new season, for this to change, for this to change. That's not bad. That's good. But when the new season arrives, have you prayed through yet? Have you prepared yourself in prayer? Have you set up the right things for your future? Or do you just hit that go, Whoa, whoa, how do I, how do I, where's my strategy? And so now you're trying to get a strategy at the last minute when you could have been prepared. A lot of us take how the Holy Ghost works. Oh, the Holy Ghost does suddenly. He does. This says, oh, if your cares, match the spur of the moment. He does do that. But he's also a strategist. He will tell you things to come. Too many times we're just waiting on a last-minute Holy Ghost. When there's some stuff he want to tell you ahead of time. He may not tell you everything, but there are some things we haven't heard because we haven't taken the time to pray. We've heard the testimony of our founder, Bishop, when he would take those days and those weeks to sit under the table. And pray, and there was nothing special about the table. He said, well, why did he pray under the table? It must be some spiritual significance. It's the only place he had in that small place he lived in. There's nothing spiritual about the table. It was just a spot to get away. And he'd pray there every day And the Holy Ghost, praying out the future, what God called him to do in the church. He called him to start, and all the things he's done over the last several decades because he took time to pray it out, to pray it through, to birth things out in the spirit. Paul used this language. He says, I travail again. Why? Wow, He's travailing so Christ be fully formed in that church in Galatia, which means to get y'all born again into the kingdom, I had spent some considerable time in prayer beforehand. When he studied our people, Charles Nash, who worked with Charles Finney, Daniel Nash, excuse me, before Charles Finney would get to the town to preach, Father Nash, they called him, would go ahead maybe weeks in advance, and all he'd do was pray. He was like the secret service team that goes before a president he would just spend time in prayer and pray and pray and pray so that when Charles Finney arrived he could preach and tens of thousands of people would get saved and Charles Finney says I credit the success of my ministry to the, that praying man what are we missing out on because we haven't spoken spirit inspired words about our future now yes Something can happen and we can pray about it and get an answer and deal with it. Sure we can. That's not bad. That's not wrong. I'm just encouraging you to go a little bit further and deal with your future before it shows up in today. And Don't limit what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Go to Genesis 8, 22, Begin to close it. You see, there are two sides of prayer. Two sides. One is communicating with God. And the other part is partnering with God through your prayer time. Partnering with God through your prayer time. There are times you're just talking to him, fellowship with him, inquiring of him. But there's other times when you yield and let him work through you. Let him pray through you. And the Holy Spirit tells us in Romans 8... 26, that he'll pray the perfect will of God through us. It says that word helpeth. He takes hold together with us and against whatever we're praying about. But we don't receive that or receive the benefits of that if we don't take time and actually pray. And again, I tell you, it's not that five-minute prayer or God-bless-me prayer. It's spending time and praying. It's choosing to wake up early and pray. And maybe choosing not to watch that favorite TV show today and pray. That's not always in a prayer closet. A lot of times I do my prayer now while I walk outside. And I was talking with someone uh, the other day. They'd say, well, if you're counseling somebody, they're going through something, well, how do you pray about them? I said, it depends on what it is. Some people just need someone to pray them through. And so after I finish running, however miles I'm running, it's like i got to walk back. So I said, Father, I lift up so-and-so to you. and I'm going to pray for them in the Holy Ghost i just take my oath and I pray about them. Pray concerning them. They may not know it, but what am I doing? I'm praying them through. And the body of Christ needs more people to pray people through. Can't just be the super spiritual prayer people. It's like, oh yes, that group can pray someone through. What well, about you? You can pray people through it too. You just gotta yield and pray. It has nothing to do with age or gender or how many white hairs on your head. You just gotta yield and pray. Deal with the future today. And I think I mentioned it, I don't know if it was this past election or the election beforehand, I said too many people start praying for the election a couple months before it happens. Shouldn't we be praying about elections in 2032, 2036, 2040? What if the person that American needs hasn't been born yet? And you have to pray them into the earth. You gotta think about it. Prayers are multi-generational. S- people have prayed people into the earth. I don't have time to get until I'm running out of time. But Hannah, the mother of Samuel, prayed Jesus in. Well, how do you know? They go read 1 Samuel chapter 1, chapter 2. She was barren, but she took hold of the promise by faith and she's proclaiming and prophesying. And so, the one who was barren has born seven. And you study out, she only had six kids. Who was the seventh? The Messiah. Praying out, prophesying concerning the future. And from Samuel's ministry onward, are setting the timetable for Jesus to come into the earth. Come on, when the Israelites were in bondage and they're praying and crying out to God somebody's prayer called Moses to be birthed. You've got to think, yes, there, are some, there have been some men of God and women of God who have changed the face of this nation and the world, won millions of people to Jesus, and they will get credit at the throne of God. But you know who also get credit? The person who prayed them into this earth. Your prayers are more powerful than anything you are giving it credit for. There's communication with God, sure there is. But part of it's partnering with God through prayer. Genesis 8.22. Another strategy from heaven. It says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. So, we live in Georgia. We can have cold and heat all in the same day. We really can. Some days it feels like it. But we also know seed time and harvest still works, right? Just talk, if we talk to natural farmers, or some of you who have a garden, do you sow for today? No. Whatever you sow is always about the future. Whatever you plant is always about the future. Even it may be years before you enjoy the fruit of that seed, you are planting Concerning your future. Yet there are times in our lives like something runs up, oh God, I need a miracle. What should I say? What should I sow? And I need to do something today? Sure, yes, you can do that. I'm not telling you not to. But I'm telling you, you need to take the mindset of sowing for your future. Because what days have you gone to and you didn't pray through it first and there was no harvest waiting for you? Because sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you to sow. Sometimes it's insurance. Sometimes it's like, go be a blessing to that person. Uh, go be a blessing to that person. Uh, do this. Do that. And you're like, I don't have time for that. That's just weird. Why would I do that? You don't realize the strategist was setting up for your future. I remember a man of God told me a story. He was he was told this in a message. He was traveling somewhere preaching. He came back and he saw this beautiful car in his driveway. Beautiful sports car in his driveway. And he's like, well, who's at my house and parked in that car? And so he called his team. He's like, whose car is it? They said, that was yours. I, said, I don't have a car like that. What are you talking about? Whose car is that? They said, sir, it's yours. I said, what are you talking about? Well, somebody who you administered to, they said, you know what, I want to be a blessing to him. So I bought him this car and I dropped it off for him. And so he's like, wow. So he's, you know, taken back. And he's talking to Jesus about like, how did this even show up? And Jesus took him back a number of years. And said, you remember when you were on that street corner? and you are blessed blessing to that individual because I told you to, and you sold that to them, see, that went through the fabric of the Spirit set this up for you. And see, it makes me grateful for having a grandma who would tell me when offering time would come around, don't miss a time of sewing. You know, I was like, grandma, I've been to church all day. I've already sold like one, two, maybe five times already. Don't miss an opportunity. And she'll talk about Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1. Cast your bread in the water you find after middle day, many days. You need to sow concerning your future. Paul uses the language concerning seed time and harvest in Galatians chapter 6, as well as 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Talk about our finances and sowing for our future. We need to have the mindset of not just needing a miracle for today, but setting up for miracles for tomorrow, setting up for miracles for our children and for our grandchildren. To where we're now conscious of passing out generational blessings, not worried about generational curses. There's so much more available to the child of God that will yield themselves to the Holy Spirit. There's so much more for us if we learn to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. And two of his strategies are speaking Spirit-inspired words over your future. And you can do that through prayer. Another strategy is sowing for your future. Investing for your future. Sowing into good ground as the Holy Spirit leads you to. Seeds are not always financial even though they are. It can be a seed of service, a seed of time, some type of seed that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to sow. Don't be so Stuck up like, well, why do I have to do it? They look fine. I don't need to bless them. You do whatever the Holy Ghost is telling you to do. It is setting you up for your future. There are too many days we arrive to that we haven't prayed through, and we don't have a harvest waiting for us. That time is over. I said that time is over. It's time out for allowing the world to define our times. We define our times. That yes, although a whole bunch of things could be going on, and it could be crazy. It could be a mess. But we know when we get to Monday, I've already prayed through, and I've already had a harvest waiting for me. That's why when we look at Proverbs and even Ecclesiastes, sowing, use the word scattering. You're scattering seed. You're strategically sowing a lot because you're expecting a harvest. You're strategically making time in your day so you can pray through concerning your tomorrow and your beyond. Prayer has never lost time. And God never forgets a seed sown. Stand to your feet. I hope this helped you today. This is just something that's been stirring in my heart the last two weeks. I was listening to a person preaching about seed time and harvest, and I began to think as so many of us wait till the last minute to sow. So many of us wait till the last minute to pray, and I know it has an effect on our everyday life. Just what if, what if we just actually sow in advance? and took time to pray out concerning our future. And not leave the praying to the preacher into the prayer text. But we're a praying people. Some of you business people, before you even get to the contract, you should have already prayed it through. So that when you walk into the meeting, you know exactly what to do because you've heard from your strategist. You've heard me tell the story it was a person that Dad Hagen met decades and decades ago. And he said, you know what? In all my years of investing, and he was a wealthy man, he said, I've never lost a dime on any investment. He said, would you like to know how I did it? He said, yes, of course, I would like to know how you did it. And he said, every time I'm about to make an investment, I take one to three days just to pray about it. And there's some investments I'm about to make that on the paper, it looks good. But the Holy Ghost says, don't you do it. So I don't. People tell me, oh, you're gonna miss out on all this. But I don't do it because the Holy Ghost told me not to. And he says, they lose all their money, but I save mine. And then other times I praying, the Holy Ghost will tell me and invest. And I invest and everybody tells me, you're crazy, you're gonna lose all your money. So then I make a whole bunch of money and they don't make anything. He credited his success to listening to the Holy Ghost. So if you get anything from this message, Listen to your strategists, And go out into your future before your future shows up into your today. No matter what your industry is, what your profession is, tomorrow shouldn't show up without you being prepared. But when tomorrow shows up, you've already prayed through. And there's a harvest waiting for you. So Father, we thank you. So I've shared what you've given me to share. I've sown this word into the heart. Father, I ask that you cause it to grow, that it speaks to them throughout this week and the weeks beyond. That they begin to understand a fresh way, a new way of the limitless and the timelessness of stepping into the realms of the Spirit, into the realms of God. So stepping out of the natural and into the supernatural. Stepping out and stepping in so they can move on up To the plan of God. Moving on up and moving on in. Moving on up and moving on in. Stepping up and stepping in. Not held back for delays. Because those delays were taken out in prayer. Not caught off guard. Because the wisdom was already given in advance because of prayer. Not caught without. Because the seed was already sown and the harvest was waiting. So, Holy Spirit, I did what I could. I trust you, sir, to do the rest. Strategist for the Holy Spirit who lives within us and rests upon us. I give you all the glory. give you all the honor. I give you all the praise. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that it empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our Faith Experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.